0: If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus says, no. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. It doesn't really matter exactly what the motives of the questioners were. Maybe they were, it was another one of those groups trying to play gotcha and get Jesus to say something unfortunate. Or maybe they were real seekers who wanted to know, Jesus, are you the one? And he does what he often does. He refuses to take responsibility for their lives in the sense of taking care of them or making everything all right or making it clear. He says, it's as clear as daylight. Look at my works. Look at what I do. There's not going to be a kind of definitive answer. There's not going to be four steps. There's not going to be a map. The clues are in my life, in who I am, and what I say, and in the story of our faith. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And he won't quite do it. Some of you know that I worked with a rabbi for a number of years called Edwin Friedman, till his death. He was interested in a particular form of family systems theory, and he he uh, started working that with congregations. And in the the late 70s, he wrote a piece called An Interview with God. And in this, a reporter is given this special access. And God gets annoyed first with people trying to figure out God's inscrutable will and divine plan. he says to the reporter who's granted this interview, let me get something straight. I realize it's gotten around down there that I have some extraordinary plan toward which everything is inexorably headed. But it's just not so. In fact, one of the reasons I said that you may not ask questions about the future is that I'm really not always sure myself how things will turn out. Later, God expresses frustration. The reporter says, As I understand the essence of everything you have said, the key to our future is not some specific goal or people structured into the nature of life, purpose structured into the nature of life, but rather how we manage what we have. And God says, Exactly. That's why I emphasize becoming. That's why I emphasize challenge. Human beings tend to focus on me. I want you to be better at focusing on yourselves instead of trying to define me or define your leaders. What Friedman is saying is very similar to what Jesus does over and over. He says, or as St. Paul puts it, work out your own salvation. He says you've got all the clues you need. And what it's about is claiming life. And it's about increasing in your capacity to respond to the things that life throws at us. It's about making your own plans and then dealing with what happens. It's about being like me, Jesus, in terms of living with integrity. Not being like me in terms of figuring out whether I had a beard and then growing one yourself, if you're a man, preferably. It's not about imitation in the sense of slavish copying. It's about imitation in the sense of living fully and abundantly and eternally. Now, on the day of our parish meeting, which takes place at dinner tonight, it's well to reflect a little bit on our life together. And what the gospel is saying is what we're about. We're about figuring out... And practicing the faith so that we are better able to respond to whatever life throws at us. I've been thinking a lot, as many of you have, about these people in Boston and what it's like to wake up and not have any legs. There's a beautiful film, French film, called uh, Rust and Bone and in this film one of the main characters loses her legs in a terrible accident. And her first reaction when she wakes up, she wants to end her life. She wants to kill us. How would I respond? How would I respond if I woke up and found I had no legs? What we do here is practice the faith so that whatever happens, we can, in fact, trust, put our whole trust in God's grace and love. And realize that we can claim life and live life, however bad things can seem to get. And, and the only way we can learn to trust God is by trusting God. And it's one of those things that you can't describe until you've done it. And it's one of those things that's about knowing that God is trustworthy and God is faithful and that life is more than whether we have legs. That life is is about love and about hope and about connection and about relationship and about the kind of relationships that matter that we practice here. We say we're a community of worship. That's what we do every week is remember the story and read the clues. However much we'd like someone to tell us plainly, Jesus doesn't do that. And we have to work it out ourselves the same and that's why we are a vibrant healthy growing community of faith and it's a great thing that we're doing with the capital work that comes the campaign that comes to an end today so that the work can begin of ensuring this community's future by telling the good news to people who haven't heard it and by having spaces that that speak of our welcome But there's a reality in this today's gospel as we think about the future as well. What does the future hold? What do all of these community-building and welcoming spaces mean? It won't mean business as usual. And yet there is no roadmap for what's happening. There's a man called Dwight Shiley, an Episcopalian who teaches at a Lutheran seminary. And he's written a book called People of the Way, and he's yet one more prognosticator who has explained and described what is happening in churches of all stripes uh, in this country. But he's particularly talking about the Episcopal Church. And he says, for several decades, while the Episcopal Church has been in precipitous decline in relationship to a dramatically growing and diversifying U.S. population, the conversation has been largely focused inward upon the church. He says, the future of the Episcopal Church depends upon attending first and foremost to God's life and God's movement and discovering how Episcopalians are particularly gifted and called to join up with that movement. Okay, it's not majestic prose, I grant you that. But he's getting at something. He's saying there's going to, things are going to be different. All over our diocese and all over this country, there are churches who are struggling to pay more and more expensive clergy. We want dental insurance. You know? and, and and budgets are getting smaller and buildings are falling apart and then you have to worry about vestments and organs and people are leaving in droves and we're sort of insulated from that here because this is so fabulous but it's a reality that's coming like a train and we have been on the forefront of major changes in the church and in society, our whole history and we're going to be again I don't know what exactly the future will look like. I'm going to, the vestry have granted me a sabbatical leave this summer, which I'm most grateful and I'm looking forward to thinking about what this future might look like for us and kind of laying out a bit of a plan. But, but I say to Jesus or to Dwight shyly, so what's the answer? What's the program? What's the trick? What's the technique? How do we, oh, I know it's social media. Well, that's great, but Jesus says, no. I say, tell me plainly. What are we supposed to do next? And Jesus says, I've shown you what you need to do. And that is tell the truth and love one another and build community that matters and be a sign for the world and be a leaven for those who need it and get clear what the good news is and share it and share it because it matters and its life, and its meaning, and its purpose. And that's what we do. We learn to trust God, and we will do that in the future, as we have in the past, with great welcoming spaces, and with intentional invitation, particularly for people who at their stage in life are forming their habits and their friendships as young adults. I don't know what that will mean for our worship, or for our community, or for our Christian social ministries, but I know it will mean something new, and it will mean something that will require us to grow in our capacity to respond to whatever life brings to us, because that's life, and that's what we're promised, and that's good news. If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Let us respond to the gospel in silence and in prayer.